You're listening to audio from First Christian Church. To find out more about us or to donate to our ministries, visit firstabq.org. If you're able to, would you stand for a reading of God's Word from Romans chapter 8, starting in verse 1. There is, therefore, now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death. For God has done what the law, weakened by flesh, could not do, by sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh to deal with sin. He condemned sin in the flesh so that the just requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us, who walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds not on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. To set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. For this reason, the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot, and those who are in the flesh cannot please God. But you, you're not in the flesh. You're in the Spirit. Since the Spirit of God dwells in you, anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ doesn't belong to him. But if Christ is in you, though the body is dead because of sin, the Spirit is life because of righteousness. If the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit that dwells in you. Would you pray? God, we give you thanks for your word. We give you thanks for your work in our world. And we pray today that your word not just come in syllables and letters and sounds, but it will come with power, with full conviction and with your Holy Spirit. We ask you of this, begging you through the Spirit of Jesus. Amen. You can be seated. I was 18 years old, in between my freshman and sophomore year in college, and I was across the globe in a foreign country that did not speak English. Me and two other friends, we were away from the group, we were away from all the adults. We had rented a car in this foreign country, and I have a picture of us in the middle of a field, in the middle of nowhere, on the side of the road with a map spread out over the hood of the car. Now imagine that. Pre-cell phone, pre-any kind of phone that you could carry, pre-for sure maps. Can you imagine, I mean, what kind of parent lets their child go across the globe be in the middle of nowhere and rent a car. I mean, probably my favorite app is the Map app. Gets used a lot. And an important thing is to know where you're at and also where you'd like to go. But the phone, phone has made this kind of simple, right? All you really need to know is where you're going. The phone knows where you're at and can take you step by step, turn by turn, either by walking or by car, or even on a bike, or on public transportation, where you need to go. 
you know where you are right now? Okay, that's right. That's right. Thank you very much. 10,101 Montgomery. We are here at First Christian. Do you know where you are in your life right now? Do you know what things are going on? Can you think back to what you've heard just over the last few weeks and months? I mean, can you get through a week or a month without hearing about a breakup, a separation, someone attempting or trying suicide, a disaster or a scandal, a job that's unraveling? I mean, you, you yourself might be right in front of something very big that you have to do, something that's big and scary, a, a decision that you have to make, a, a responsibility that you have to lean into that's requiring your trust and what you're meeting it with, maybe a bit of anxiety, maybe frustration, maybe some fear. And, and how is it that you're coping with where you're at? Is it Maybe like so many of us, maybe a, a fluid here, a chemical there, some entertainment, something to numb us from the reality that is around us. Well, perhaps you can connect with the words of Paul that I, I did not read in Romans 8.36, where he quotes a song, a really old song, and the song goes something like this, all day long we're being killed. Now that's a pleasant thought. Don't you want to run out and get that song? Download it now. All day long we're being killed? I mean, that, that sounds like torture. A slow death. And the next line is, we are lined up like animals headed to the slaughter. Oh, it just gets more pleasant, doesn't it? Like, you can hear the bleeding of the animals ahead of you. You can smell the blood. That's the way this person is feeling as they write this song, and Paul grabs onto it and brings it to us. And you're like, well, wait, wait a second, Brady. I'm doing just fine. I mean, I might have had a hangnail, but not all this serious stuff. No, I'm not hearing about breakups. I'm not hearing about these things. I'm just trying to make it through my life. Well, for all of us, wherever you're at, I want you to think about what it is that separates you from joy what what separates you right now from peace or love is there some kind of barrier that's constructed that's keeping you from those things and i want you to reflect on it think about it because today good news i have spiritual wisdom to offer you very practical advice something that you can take out of this assembly, out into your life, in your car, and use it every day. And in fact, it comes with a guarantee that's so good, you're going to think that I'm kind of a snake oil salesman. You know, you know what preacher doesn't sometimes feel that way? It, it's such a good gift that I'm offering to you that I'm, I'm going to tell you about the warranty, the promise, the guarantee that comes with this on the front end. That's where I am start. Starting with what's too good. Because what I'm going to offer you today, nothing can take away from you. You cannot be detached from this. You cannot be denied this. You can have it wherever you go in every minute of your day. It doesn't matter if you're facing disease or you don't have any food or, imagine this, no clothes, right? It doesn't matter what might attempt to take this away from you. Maybe rulers or powers or Things from the visible world, all these voices that are on television that would want to remove this from you, you're qualified. 
it's yours to take. Even invisible forces, forces that are now working against you that you feel like are just not in your favor in the present, or things that might come in the future, nothing is going to remove this from you. In fact, I 1,000% guarantee you that there is not one thing in this world that can separate you from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. You're not under condemnation anymore. So, look at your Bible. Look at the very first verse. That's all I really want to focus in on today. I'm going to mention some others, but listen to this gift that I have to share with you. There is no longer any condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. You're not under condemnation. You are not weighed down and oppressed by anything that you have done. It's taken away. Because God has condemned, not you, but condemned sin. Condemned sin to be trapped inside of a body and done away with and gone. In this series, we've been looking at how we can be together, how we can find our life together in God. And God has shown his desire to be together with us in every single moment. And this is the together story. That God didn't sit on a throne far, far away. God sent Jesus to come and live among us. And Paul tells us that he condemned not Jesus, not us, but he condemned sin to the life of the body and did away with all the consequences of sin in order to show his love. Taking on skin and organs taking on deep breaths and toenails. God entered into human existence, which is insane to think about, and showed that he is together with us, showing that Jesus represents humans, represents Israel, and in his death takes away all sin so that it's trapped forever in death. All right, well, I, I see some knowing smiles, maybe even some, yeah, I've heard this before. We know this, right? Don't, don't we know this story? Isn't this central to who we are? This line is there. I've heard that before. And a lot of times when we hear this, there's no condemnation in Christ Jesus. We really focus in on that no condemnation part. The status that we have, where our sins are not held against us, we are able to live free of those sins. And that is indeed a big part of it. But the words that get overlooked are in Christ. The part of this gift that I really want to focus in on is not the one that we always think about. Oh, my sins don't oppress me. They're not haunting me anymore. But the in Christ part, because that's what God gives to us as a gift. The indwelling power of the Holy Spirit. The personal presence of God in your life in every moment of your day. A power that you're unseparable from you know in, in this experience of look, going through Romans we've been flying high over it right not getting into every verse we're only you know nine weeks in and we're already here in chapter eight we're looking at a big picture view of Romans and here we've learned about like we did in chapter seven verse four that we're we belong to another we belong to Christ 
In fact, we live, chapter 5, verse 21, in the dominion of grace. We don't live in a particular country or a neighborhood or a part of a specific church. Those things are true, but we live in the domain of grace. So this spirit that I want us to talk about today is a spirit that provides safety for us and protection for us everywhere we go. When we go into school, we're infused with spiritual power, where the judgments that we might feel from teachers that put lots of work on us, the judgments or evaluations we might feel from our peers, we are immune to those things because inside of us is a spirit that's dwelling there. We also don't have to be obligated to fix every person around us to make sure that they're going the right way. We don't have to uh, change them or manipulate them in some way. That's not our job anymore because in Christ, there is no condemnation. We don't have condemnation on us and we don't condemn other people. So not only is this a status that's given to us, we're fired from that job of condemning other people. That's outside of our job right now. In every fiber of our being, what we're to be about entirely is living in the love of God and showing this love of God to others. And Paul tells us in Romans chapter 1, verse 16, one that we've gone to many, many times, that God has given us his righteousness. He's provided it for us through faith in Jesus Christ. It's for all who will believe, the Jew and the Gentile, the religious and those that have been outside of religion. If you will confess Christ and believe that God raised him from the dead, you will find life. And the way we connect with that, we talked about just a few weeks ago in Romans chapter 6, of just as Jesus came and lived and died and was raised again, we enter into water. We're buried under water for just a moment and raised up and are changed. We are categorically a different person. So when we're on the side of the road and we're wondering where we are and how we get to where we're going, God provides this for us in connection to Christ, in our baptism, being infused with the Holy Spirit. We're given gifts, the gift of the Holy Spirit as an indwelling presence in our life, the gift of forgiveness of sins. They're taken away. That burden and bondage is removed. The gift of eternal life. Those things don't just start somewhere off in the future. They start now in the present moment, including eternal life. So this is the new reality that I want us to think about. And I, and I want to do it in four ways. I want to give you four things that Paul talks about. I'll say these a bit briefly, but it will help us think about this inseparable spirit that we have access to, that is a power that's bigger than us just knowing in our heads, okay, yeah, I know I'm not condemned anymore. It's something that gets infused into our lives. Here we go. Let's look at the first one. In verse 6, Paul tells us to fasten our minds onto the Spirit. Fasten our minds. Now, I'm going to think of this in body parts. Is that okay? Well, you don't have a choice, right? You're stuck with it. The first body part is the head. In order to live in the reality of the Spirit, we have to have a certain way of thinking, a certain mindset of approaching life. And when we do, Paul says that we'll be filled with life, 
and will be filled with peace, verse 6. And yet, a lot of times, Paul knows that's not where we live. We continue to live in condemnation. We live in disorder and disaster. We live in pain and suffering, and we pay more attention to that, to the terrors and the anxieties of our life. Whatever things appear like to us in our physical world, on our job, or at school, or in our family relationship, we assume that that's the reality that we're with. In this thinking, sometimes you might hear me say that, well, okay, Brady's saying if we're to set our mind on Christ, that we need to, we need to obsess about being good. Obsess about doing the right thing. Or maybe more accurately for many of us, obsess about appearing good. Looking like we have it all together. And those things are not what I'm talking about. Of, of course it's important to be good. But instead, in this moment, we're to live in the Spirit of God. This, this thought pattern invites God's Spirit to live with us in every moment where we rely upon that Spirit. The Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. The Spirit of God lives inside of us. Okay, well that's the first one, the head. The second one goes much lower. Walk according to the Spirit in verse 13. Here I'm thinking of feet. Literally it means walk in the Spirit. You're guided by the Spirit. You're directed. In the same way your GPS will, you could switch over between car and walking, and the directions are different. We're paying attention to what crosswalks we need to be on. We're letting God's Spirit guide us left and right. In fact, we're not guided by our desires. We're trying to ignore those things, those things of the flesh. We're not thinking about success or ease or how we can give our best life to our kids, or even about all these gods that we place before gods. The gods that we place before God, singular. In fact, to live by the flesh sounds kind of weird, like you might think, well, are we splitting the body up? No, no, no. To live according to the flesh, let me put it to you this way. It's when you do anything on your own without God. And I mean anything. When you go about your day, when you go about your work, when you go about your ministry, your service, without seeking God, that is living according to the flesh. Instead of seeking the flesh, we are to seek the Spirit, to rely upon the Spirit in every moment. There's lots we could complain about. But when you live according to the Spirit, you live in a thankful and grateful space. Okay, so we've got the head, we've got the feet. The, the next one is uh, a little bit different. It sounds similar. We're in verse 14, led by the Spirit. And you might say, well, that sounds a lot like walking with the feet. Right, it does. But here's what I'm thinking. When you're following those GPS coordinates and you get to a certain point, sometimes you're just kind of left. You're left hanging. Kind of like in life. You get to the point where the directions kind of stop. This being led by the Spirit is getting to the point where you've asked God about all the different ways that you could live your life. God, this is what I'm trying to do. You're seeking spiritual counsel from wise leaders. You're looking into Scripture. You're touching base with your mentors and your family and saying, this is what I think I'm hearing. And you're listening for that theme, but then you get to that moment where you have to do something, right? 
Being led by the Spirit is hand, where you are reaching out for the hand of God to say, God, take me to this next step. You lead me through this decision. I'm having to trust and lean upon you. Let's go together. And you let God do that. The last one is not so much a body part as it is a sound. Uh, it sounds a little weird. But in verse 26, I didn't read this one to you. Paul tells us that the Spirit helps us in our weakness. And he goes on to say what it looks like. In our groans, ugh. Have you groaned this past week? H have you sighed this week? <sighs> God can hear the rattling of our head when we shake our heads and say, no, this again? Really? God can feel the whoosh of our hands as we throw up our hands and say, I don't know. God understands, and in those moments of weakness, in our sighs, in our groans, in our inability to articulate even a prayer, the Spirit moves in and intercedes and interprets in the midst of our weakness in the present moment. Whatever is a dead end for you, a marriage, a job, and God provides in those moments what his goal is for us. And it's a rather surprising goal. It's kind of an uncomfortable goal. In verses 28 and 29, I, I didn't plan to read these, but I think that I will go ahead and read just these two verses. Because you know it. But I want you to keep reading past the refrigerator magnet part of this, if you know what I'm talking about. We know that all things work together for good for those who love God keep on reading past just a bit who are called according to his purpose for those whom he foreknew he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son in order that he might be the firstborn of a large family all right a lot of times we're like squirrels right predestined oh predestined there it is well look this is not about the predestination of an individual person it's not this is about God describing a corporate direction of what his goal is, his GPS coordinates for us. So it's corporate. It's not about your individual sins. It's not about your being determined by God. That, that's not the way this works. God has determined and decided what his goal is for human beings, and it's to be conformed to the image of his son to be cross-shaped, cruciform-shaped. That's the goal. That's what we're headed for. And so this corporate goal is one that's not about condemnation, where we carry around the burden of what we've done. That's not it. This goal is about no condemnation so that we can live in Christ Jesus. That's our mindset. That's our our walk, that's what we're reaching out our hands to God for. That's what we're groaning for in our lives. That's what we're screaming and sighing for God to do, to show up and to make us more like Jesus Christ. That's the gift that I want to offer you today. In verse 1, no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. A blessing that shows up over and over again. In verse 10, even though you are dead, God, who raised Jesus from death, puts his life 
in our mortal bodies and gives us life in the present moment. Allows us to take a deep breath. Can you take a deep breath with me now? Big, deep breath. Push your belly out. God brings the Spirit into us and provides for us a life that doesn't go away. Even when that physical breath is gone, in the present tense, Jesus is with us. Well, what does this look like? What it looks like is in our life when we're getting to those moments of a groan where the first thing that we want to say is, oh, insert expletive, right? You know those moments when you are fed up. You're ready to insert the expletive and it's into that moment that God steps in and says, call upon the Spirit. Rely upon the Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead. And this is what it looks like. Before you join the business call, the one that you're so concerned about, before you hit connect, you groan. You call out to God. God, would you be present? I need your strength. I need your power. What it looks like is when you're about to go into the classroom for the performance, for the test, to face the bully, to close your ears, to the judgment, when you go in and cross that threshold, you're breathing in and saying, God, I need the Spirit. I need your presence with me right now. It means that when you're filling out the application for the rent, for the school, for the job, whatever that application is, you are inviting God's Spirit to work in your filling out of the application. That God would direct you and guide you and it is not a path that leads you to comfort and ease. You know, the goal of GPS coordinates requires that you have knowledge of where you're at and where you're going. I, I think that the good news of this passage where Paul lays out what God intends for us, what his goal is for us to be in Christ Jesus, the oddity of that is that we already know both. That God's intention for us is in the present moment, He's going to be present with us by the power of Jesus Christ. He's going to fill us with the Spirit. And that goal is to pull us forward, pull us into the future, into the fullness, when we will become more and more like the Son. More and more infused with the Holy Spirit of God. And so I, I have a tough challenge for you today. You know that this is a very generous congregation. Generous with their time, generous with their money. And so what I'm going to tell you is going to sound a little off the wall. I'm going to ask you to give more. To give more of yourself. More of your time. More of your money. Now, now that might sound like some kind of health and wealth gospel, right? that we're just wanting more money. No, that's not it at all. What it is, is you hearing me say, give more, and you sit back and think, well, Brady, you don't know my schedule. You don't know what I'm up against. You don't know what I'm facing. How can I give more? There are things in our life that are dead. Things that we're nurturing. And so I'm not telling you to give more as in, try harder, expend more of your energy. 
I'm telling you to give yourself more to God because there are some things in our life that need to go away. Some things that need to disappear. And by increasing our attention and our focus upon God, increasing our awareness of the Holy Spirit in every moment of our day, that's the kind of more that I'm looking for you to give. Because we can't live following a cruciform Lord and not think that we won't have to pick up our own cross. We can't think that we'll be able to eliminate every difficulty in the path of our child or our spouse. That we'll be able to wipe away the disease that our loved one has to face. No, sometimes we have to pick up our cross, our unique cross, and walk through infused with the Spirit of God. Well, my little picture that I could share with you of me on the side of the road in Israel in the middle of nowhere, it's kind of unfair, but it's a bit staged. We knew where we were going, but we wanted to take a picture to throw our parents off. You know, pre-social media and everything to show our parents that we'd rented this car and we're in the middle of nowhere. And it's, that happens a lot on social media. You, you project an image. Usually it's of success, but in this case, of some kind of failure. I'm asking us to dig deeper behind the lives that we project, behind the stories that we tell, and get honest about where we're located. Are we located in the Spirit of God? Are we located not just in this story where we recognize, yeah, I'm not condemned anymore, and I'm going to do whatever I want, we don't just live in that no condemnation. We are seeking the gift that's attached to that no condemnation, the life in Christ, the gift of the Spirit that's pulled and breathed and drawn out of us because of what God wants to do in and through us. Let's pray. God, I feel it would be most appropriate just to groan because I know each person here has things for which they are sighing and shaking their head about. So I ask you, Father, that you will, with our very breathing, help us to draw in your Spirit and to know that you are God and we're not. That you're the maker of heaven and earth and we are created. And so, Father, we ask that you create something new in us, a life fully devoted to Jesus, committed to following Jesus, a life that is full of the Holy Spirit, where we are focused by our minds on the Spirit, focused by where we go and where we walk, focused even by reaching our hands out to you by the Spirit, and most of all, focused on your Spirit in the midst of our weakness. We offer you ourselves through Jesus who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit as one God now and forever. Amen.